I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Yankee Doodle do or die. I watched three movies just like Fred and Dan, released on the 4th of July. One's about endangering infants, one's a superhero no one knows. Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges really suck at accents. One thing's for certain, these films blow. <laughs> Welcome to episode 7 of Opening Weekend, the movie podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime, going to the movies with our friends. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisse. You know, Sheila and the rest of our listeners, Smidge and Geppetto, all of you guys, there was a time in the mid to late 1990s when going to the movies on the 4th of July meant something. Apollo 13, Independence Day, Men in Black, and even Armageddon were huge crowd-pleasers that could tear even the most casual moviegoers away from their fireworks and barbecues. Before then, however, we had July 1st, 1994, and a trio of wide releases that evoked roughly the same response from holiday audiences as a gallon of homemade potato salad left out in the 4th of July sun. They either avoided them altogether, or, upon sampling them, live to regret it. That's right. In a summer filled with the O.J. Simpson murders, Kurt Cobain's suicide, and Lisa Marie Presley's marriage to Michael Jackson, we're bearing witness to three of the worst things done to and by members of the entertainment industry in 1994. Baby's Day Out, Blown Away, and The Shadow. Hello, boys. Hello. So, Hello. Before, we, uh, before we dive into the week's movies, where were we all in July of 1994? Oh, I was just about to meet you guys, right? Because I started at Hofstra in 95. So this no, was just did. a what? year prior. Are you, no? are you drunk again? You're so drunk. You went to grad school in 95, didn't you? We, you were I at graduated Hofstra with in us 94. in 91. Oh, I'm confused. I was sick of knowing you, and I was about to not know you for several That's years. Right. That's right. That's right. I was about to go away. I had already known you but for three or four years by this point. Yes. That's yes. where the confusion is. That, that is what it is. A, it is a dark it's a blind spot in your. It's history. a dark time oh, in God. our lives. No, we had. I had just. I had just graduated from college with my BFA. Wow, yeah, you were 94. a bachelor. I was a bachelor of the fine arts, and well, I was. Well uh, I was bacheloring about those fine arts <laughs> at the Fort Salem Summer Theater. That's right. For my my second summer in a row with Mr. Jason O'Connell. Now, did I come and see this one? Because I remember seeing you T for two. What was that show? Uh, that was uh, no, no, Nanette. No, 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 no. Okay, was that before. this or this is different? No, this is no. the same. So this was what was brilliant about this is Jason and myself <laughs> and our girlfriends at the time. We went the year before, and we were like the stars of Fort Salem. Everyone loved us, and so we that. were told. Well, I don't know about that. We were, <laughs> I wasn't. We say were it. there. We showed. <laughs> we were up. there. <laughs> and so they promised us the guy who ran it was like. Um, you know, when you guys come up next summer, oh, you guys are going to have all the leads. And he sold it. I don't remember oh, what yeah. he told us, but it was basically like, you guys are going to play, you guys are going to be doing like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. 
You're gonna play Hamlet and Hamlet. <laughs> At a summer theater. Gonna, uh, he he was selling. He was, he was telling just really us what we were gonna do. Giving us the hard sell of what we were. Yeah, gonna and we we're like, oh my god, this is gonna be the most amazing summer ever. And we <laughs> got up there, and everything fell to. I was gonna say fell to well, shit, but it fell to cat piss because oh, yeah. we they they completely changed the season on us. You know, like the From last Glenn, second. Carrie Glenn Ross, I got news for you. They were never doing that for me. <laughs> <laughs> we were, it was the show. Oh my Wait, God. Yeah, the we, first one. Oh, go ahead. The, no, the first one was No Sex no Please sex were please. British. No Sex Please were British. This, uh, right. this farce. But then, no, I forgot. We did The King and I. Yeah. <sighs> all of us. Yeah, we, we were, were all... in The King and I. There was not one Asian yeah. actor in that show oh, to be yeah. found. It, I'm I'm ashamed. Oh my God, I, me too. I played Lung Tao. <laughs> I played the... Oh my god. I was god. the, the crawler home, right? But then remember we also had our we had like housing set up and we got there and they're like, "Oh, the housing fell through." Yeah. But you can live in this trailer, in trailer behind, the, behind theater the theater that smelled of cat piss. Oh. And when we complained that it smelled of cat piss, we they got gave you a cat. Of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should squeeze your own. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh god, I spent 4 years going to college for this but we th- I, I oh god yeah that was but it was a good time I think this must have been the summer then since I didn't come up to see you guys that I was at the New York Renaissance Fair would, would that uh-huh. have made sense <laughs> yeah I maybe. think I was acting at the New York Renaissance Fair in the Sylvanian what were you doing what I, was your ca- oh yeah Tell I was you- in the Sylvanian Shakespearean Circus which right. was like I remember I mean, that yeah we like- were we were this ridiculous like quasi Russian Eastern European from the fictional country of Sylvania and we were like like we did, you know, <laughs> I am, you know, I am Hamlet. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of ridiculousness. Oh, now you God. know why some of these actors left theater to do film that we'll be talking about today. Yeah. Oh, God. Is, is that what they did? Well, <laughs> you, you mentioned Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That's how Joe Mantegna made, oh. made his, it was his bread and butter for a while. Oh, God, oh. Well, let's, I mean, shall we, shall we uh, talk about the good Mr. Mantegna and, uh, and do his we cohorts? have to well, we'll start think, off with it? Let's, I think let's, so. Let's I think do we'll it. start off with this one. Uh, it's uh, it's baby's day out. He was mommy's little angel. Baby Bink is not a regular baby. And daddy's pride and joy. Bye bye. Whoa. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. But baby Bink was born. So when the big city called, baby Bink had to answer. 20th Century Fox invites you to see the world through the eyes of a child. Now, he's off on an adventure. Our sources tell us that a baby boy got up and crawled away from his home this morning. The family has offered a reward of $5 million. Baby tracks. Posing as children's photographers, three idiots, played by Joe Mantegna, Joe Pantoliano, and Brian Haley, scheme their way into a mansion to kidnap the infant son of two other idiots, played by Lara Flynn Boyle and Matthew Glave. Their hostage proves quite resourceful for a fucking baby, escaping their hideout and making his way into downtown Chicago, where things we should never see happen to or around a baby happen to and around a fucking baby. Now the con men have to find their abductee, who a Mary Poppins wannabe, played by Cynthia Nixon, thinks is somehow developed enough to be intentionally reenacting scenes from his favorite storybook. Written by John Hughes, who bravely asked the burning question, 
What if Home Alone 2 Lost in New York was about a fucking baby? Baby's Day Out was directed by someone who does not direct movies anymore. Baby's Day Out was a critical and commercial failure, taking in $4 million over its opening weekend on its way to a total box office of $16.8 million against a $48 million budget. Surprisingly, Baby's Day Out is considered a success in one place on Earth, India where it played in the largest theater in Calcutta for over a year and was remade twice in the 90s alone, once under the title James Bond. Fred and Dan, what did you think of... Honey? Honey? Sweetie? Yeah, hey, I can't... I can't find a baby anywhere. It's... Well, I don't know. It's it's is it Tuesday? It's t- <laughs> that must explain it, right? Because obviously Tuesday is you know that's our baby's day out. <laughs> What'd you think of that movie? Well, uh, yeah, obviously I'm not from Calcutta because this movie angered <laughs> me to no fucking end. I oh my god! I went into it thinking, all right, this is gonna be fun. Like I know this is gonna be bad. I know it's going to be bad. It's called Baby's Day Out. But I thought, oh, shit, John Hughes? I didn't know right. that. And I just listened to this interview with Joe, Joey Pants, um, who I will say is fantastic in anything he does. And I'll, he's the one person I'll give a little credit to here. But as this movie... <laughs> a little grumble there. Um, no. Holy shit. Did I... I just got angrier and angrier as this movie went on. Oh, yeah. It, it was so fucking bad and insulting and I mean may, look maybe I'm just an old fogey fart of a parent now as kids but I'm like what exact what the fuck what is so funny about a kid trying to cross the highway like right. Frogger or like if, if it was if it was animated maybe which they sort of did what was sure. it like didn't the opening of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit wasn't that the yes. movie like Huey's Big Day Out or something yeah Baby baby Herman oh, yeah that's yeah, right but yeah, yeah. in fact yeah. I think um, I think I read something that said when Roger Ebert reviewed this he was like if it was a Baby Herman short that cartoon short uh-huh. yes you can watch these things and you know like but with an actual, even you know the idea, the implication that an actual live action no. human baby is crossing a highway, like you, you just because it's giggling doesn't yeah, mean that it's and, okay. And, and you know, obviously, the baby is not going to get hit by a truck. But the fact <laughs> that they're like, "Hey, this baby might get hit by a fucking yeah. truck," you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, John Hughes?" Yeah, right. As Jesus Christ, <laughs> you, were you that like? Oh my God! I was listen, you wanted you peril. You, I was just in Funny I Shrunk the Kids. You wanted peril. You got it. <laughs> I was this just going to say it. the one You're thing right. I'll give this movie is that you know we were like, well, you don't, you never believe the kids are really in peril. <laughs> this one, it's like, yes, again, I know the baby's not going to be smashed right by a semi, but it is a little. It's I think it's in poor taste to even. Oh my. <laughs> God, Even and then they were. It, it was almost like, but then then there were certain characters that were. You felt like they're in a different movie. Like I'm. We'll we'll get to the three idiots because holy shit, that's an episode oh in itself. But like Joe Don Baker shows up and he he's playing it like it's Cape Fear. No, that's not Joe Don that, Baker. Isn't that Fred Thompson? That's Fred Thompson. Oh, Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson. I'm sorry. Fred sorry, Thompson. yeah, Fred Thompson. Who was a former uh, senator, right? Uh, he yeah, was. A yes, presidential right. candidate for a hot right. minute. Right. Yes, you are absolutely right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but still, he's. 
Oh yeah. He he's playing it like it's a he's playing it like it's ransom, like it's Mel Gibson's right. ransom, you know. And even Lara Flynn Boyle at some points. I mean, and they're they're they're, they're giving it their all, but you're like, no, 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 wrong movie. And then just yeah. oh my god, fucking Joe Montana. Oh god, I want to. I oh, and who so... I normally enjoy. It, 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 this I can't tell you how angry I got because I just thought, why are movies like this made? How did this get made? It was it was literally just I think upping the it was like okay we've done Home Alone we've done it with a child we've done it right. with like a a, a a ten year old child how can we up the ante on that or lower the ante I mean what's oh, the difference Jesus. it's like an infant and uh, and put it in the same situation and instead of like two wacky crooks to deal with and yeah, maim endlessly we'll get three and so it was just it was just like you know. It's just dialing it up and saying, like, well, this formula work here. It's just so misguided. The fact that somebody thought at, at any point in the planning stage was like, do you think the fact that it's just a goddamn baby is going to be problematic? <laughs> oh, I mean, it can't God. speak. All it can do is shit and smile. I mean, um, and yet, yeah, just and yeah, and the fact that they're like, oh no, the baby understands the book. He's going to where he's a fucking baby. He doesn't know what you're saying, Cynthia Nixon. God damn it! I know. Who's one? Like that was the other thing I thought. Like talking about '94, the summer '94, because I forgot. I was like, oh, this is pre-sex in the city, and Cynthia mm -hmm. Nixon's obviously been acting, you know, forever. She was, you know, she's been doing theater and everything. That summer, I saw her in Angels in America, and I'm like, oh my god. I just saw you in one of the greatest pieces yeah. of art I've ever seen in my life, and then I'm watching you in this steaming this, pile of this shit. This is how she uh, was able to afford doing <laughs> Oh, no, that's true. That's what I thought. I, I was just like, my God, Joe Mantegna, like, he needed he needed his driveway paved or something. Like, No problem, fellas. It ain't a hole. It's a tunnel. Oh. And what's every tunnel got? Ooh, don't tell me. Don't, I know, I know, I know. I know. It's a uh, 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 toll booth at the end. Are you always this stupid, or do you do this just to annoy me? Take a breathe in, both okay. of you. Breathe in. You thought he. Oh wait, is this breathe where Dan out. says? Breathe in. Breathe out. Oh fuck out. you, Dan. Dan, if you, if you, you, you take a this. breath. Take a breather. Just breathe okay. with me. Just be, practice mindfulness for a second. Just be in the moment with me. No. I loved it. <laughs> You're. Are you. I loved it. You've I was smiling and laughing through the whole thing. I was charmed to be fucking <laughs> kidding me. I was you also charmed thought by you the baby college when you graduated. That bit, well, th this shows you where the the <laughs> yeah, this, the early that, onset yeah. senility and all the other things are coming in. However, you were charmed by the baby. However, th the baby oh, was cute. The baby was the best performance we saw this I week. At, well, absolutely. no question I, I do, about it. I did have a note saying the baby is the best thing. It, the baby the gave the, the best film. performance of the week, possibly of any of the movies we've reviewed so far. <laughs> no, right. This is a better movie than Blade Runner. There's no question about it. Oh my god! But, okay. It's not April first. It's July first. What do you? There's not. There's no need to do this to us. <laughs> no, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Um, this, when, when the baby gave Joe Montaigne a hand job and then lit his nuts That's on fire, not and what then the somebody baby, don't be disgusting. Up, he's he's pulling Damn. on the on the on Joe Montaigne's genitals, not to you know, excite him, to cause him pain. He's grabbing him by the cojones. He's is grabbing that, him by the is balls. that is that does that make it a good movie, Dan? Does that make I it enjoyed good? that part. I laughed and then, during and that And then part. lit his nuts on fire. Oh come and on! And then another go. man with a steel-toed boot. Kept stepping on Joe Montaigne's penis and testicles ah. for about seven minutes. As I laughed hilariously. Listen, 
Oh, you, Fred, look at your face. You're so disappointed. I, it was the one time oh, I God, laughed I really was then, am. too, because I also wanted to stamp on Joe Montaigne. No, nuts you, with you a know, heavy boot. <laughs> you, know when the, you know the only time I laughed out loud? I, like I Go said, I, I laughed in the in the beginning. Joe, Joey Pants did something that made me chuckle. I thought he was funny, and I just thought, God, he's... He seemed game for everything. He he was much better at the broad comedy than Joe Montana was just. And again, I I enjoy his stuff usually. He was yeah. fucking dreadful. In but this he movie. got better as it went along. He's no, been, he he's, did not. He's not. No, he did <laughs> no, not. He did not. Nobody he did. did. He got better as it went along. He I, got I worse as it went along. I disagree. He got worse. The, the best part of the movie to me was it when John Neville, who played the the butler in the beginning. Yes. Oh yeah. He he opens the door and I rewatch this three times because I'm like, am I making this up? <laughs> he opens the door when the those three idiots show up in the worst costumes yes. ever to try to like, yes, like that, anyone's going to believe them. And yes. he gives them a look and the look was, it was almost like he was looking at like, Oh Jesus fuck. So this is the movie we're doing. <laughs> He's like, I got to set and I put on my costume, which was like a normal human set of clothing. Yeah. And then I'm supposed to be conned by these three Teletubbies or whatever yeah. shows up. At Listen, the door. It is not supposed to be plausible. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's still, not but... supposed to be plausible in the same way that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is not supposed to be plausible. The difference between these two movies is that this one, you actually remember what we said about the parents, the parents in this one. Yes, they're they're painted with a broad brush in the early scenes and it's terrible. But as the thing goes along, you, they actually do care about this baby. You know what I mean? And it's and, and that I that I actually really liked. And I would I wanted more of that in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And yes. the other thing is this baby is giving an Oscar worthy goddamn performance. And you know that the baby's gonna be okay because they have that line about like, hey, somebody takes care of the babies when she goes to the poor woman's yes, house. When they go to the woman's house oh. and the cops push her out of the way to get to her children. <laughs> Fuck. Because they're like, you're poor. <laughs> You must have taken the rich woman's baby. Get over that, there. That that was sit and terrible. think about your poverty. Listen, oh, the, 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 it's saying something about uh, economic disparity. This movie hits all levels. It hits. You I'm, really? it, I'm, I'm looking I, at I'm looking at a note that I wrote right now. It says, <laughs> "I said this is so fucking stupid. How and why do movies like this get made? It's insulting." And then what? You're gonna cut to Lara Flynn Boyle crying to try and make us care? Oh fuck you! Yes, yes. I and did all- care. I did care. When a baby crawls into a department store. And or any office building, a baby, right. an infant, yeah. and for five minutes is crawling around, and not oh. one person in Chicago looks down and sees a baby or feels a baby when they have to manufacture things where the baby's actually like pulling shit out of people's hands, and people have to bend down and keep eye contact with what they're looking at above the ground and they don't look down and don't give me something about it's a it's a commentary on how we're all too uh we're all it too is, self-absorbed it is a commentary it, it is, is a commentary not. on that it is absolutely it is absolutely it is, it is i can't have a human see un- the baby because as soon as a human sees the baby they'll pick it up and be like oh this is a lost baby every time they went back to the baby i got a big smile on my face this is two twins play this baby yes. right as they usually do mm-hmm the baby i don't know i kept going how did they get the baby to do that 
How did they get the baby to have that react? They're capturing all these little wonderful little reactions and little and little expressions on his face and little. Th- this yeah. is the best baby acting I've ever seen. This uh, this baby was tremendous. Every time I, I went back to the baby, I was like, "I'm this movie has me. I don't want it to have me, but this movie has me because of that baby, fucking baby." If you get a baby in a studio and you're like, oh, "I'm gonna shake a toy in your face, and I'm gonna give you a pretzel or whatever the fuck you eat, and I'm gonna and you're gonna <laughs> smile and you're gonna laugh and I'm gonna tickle you and I'm gonna." poke you and i'm gonna do things to you and then i'll do a close-up on your face you will get a baby's reactions you said the same thing about the old woman in titanic jason i remember (laughs) you always talked about that that when she got nominated for the oscar you were so angry you're like fuck you she she said three lines that you you, maybe used to do it you used to do this thing that James Cameron was like holding a cookie, like "Come get the cookie, old lady." And she's like, "Oh!" oh and she goes to the edge and of the like, boat. That's, that's how you get an Oscar nomination. Titanic was called the ship of dreams. Get the oh, cookie. God. They See? did the same thing with Joe Mantegna. They just dangled money in front of his face oh, for this movie. My God. But he, I mean, that was. He was. It, it, it He's was, not right was, for this, but he. I maintain awful. that he gets stronger as it as it as it goes. And I he's maintain just sort that of, you're maintaining that is 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 absolutely wrong. He it's, got it's worse not, and worse. It's not good. When by the end, of, I didn't even feel this way with Home Alone. You're watching it, and at the end, I'm like, every time something happened to one of those guys and yes. that construction, I wanted it to be the end. I, I of and their I mean lives? the end of them. Yes, <laughs> I wanted blood to spatter. I wanted to see like I wanted to hear a neck crack. I was like, let's see what would really happen to these fuckers. I know the baby's going to live. The baby should live. Sure, it's Did a baby. See- but these three do not have to live. And I would love it would have made me laugh heartily and that warm feeling you got if if Joey Pants had like hit a beam and you just just his head just kind of <laughs> Just, just exploded. Why are you taking it all out on him for? Because he sucked too, and that's where you're oh. wrong, Fred. What about he the was third guy who never well. did anything? I, the third, he the was third the guy was one. useless. He was useless to me. Oh you thought God, he was the best one, Jason. I, had, I thought he was the best one because he was he was he didn't want to be there, but nobody knew who he was. He had to take the. <laughs> he job. got off scot free. Because yeah. <laughs> like, nobody was, knows him. Nobody knows who he is. So he was like, you know, and he's like, oh, he should have played. I thought a lot dumber, like super, like really doltish. Yeah, he actually, yeah, he seemed a little. It was like, why, why are you with these guys? And you just have a vague idea of the, what's happening. The baby, yeah. the baby who can't even walk, recognize the fucking building they lived <laughs> in. That's how it's they get caught It's not supposed to be plausible. It's, it's not supposed to be plausible. It's no, not that why are like for- parents crying and the police are there. I mean, you can't have it. You, you got to have it both ways. It's like a yeah. real kidnapping drama. And then it's also like, no, he knows where did, his book we got, is. Uh, we got up the ass of, uh, of fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because it didn't do that. You can't have it both ways, gentlemen. No, but that, but you that was different. You can't have it both ways. You can't say <laughs> the baby knows that, that everybody's, that the cops are like, turn around. This baby farted in the direction of a building. <laughs> Now, Let's look, go shoot now, whoever's in there. Look, I'll say this, Dan. If if they if they played it up and they did almost like a boss baby thing, or like that the baby like or like or like a who's ta- look who's talking, you know, who's like talking. that would have been more plausible if the baby was actually smart and had a voice. The and baby, yeah, if it was smart, Gary Busey need... as the baby saying, oh, "The baby's hey, go back that way." <laughs> the baby's not smart. He's a fucking baby, Dan. He can't. He shits his. He's a baby. He's a baby. The baby is smart the things you have to accept a 
that the baby is intelligent. Don't they, they should have shown the, the baby three. taking a test at the beginning. If they wanted me to think it's a super baby, they should have been like, oh my God, look at his cognitive skills. Mm, we should put him in a cage. And then they're like, well, all right, we'll put him in a cage and study him in a second. But then, meanwhile, somebody steals him. And then you're like, oh, this baby is a fucking mutant. And uh, <laughs> that would have been an, uh, that would have been a better opening scene than the opening scenes that we got in yes. the movie. Well, but then, I would once... buy, then I'd be like, okay, super baby knows how to get places. And... <sighs> Listen, this baby i am telling you i am telling you you sound like a tribeca mom right now this baby is i'm telling you this baby is brilliant but that's what they're doing with this movie i'm telling you listen the supporting cast was good mantegna was miscast but it got better as it went the third guy should have been dumber pantaleano take him or leave him he's basically the joe pesci Yes, I enjoyed him. I thought he was the only one who walked out looking okay. Uh, And, you know, if you want peril, you got peril. If you want heart, you have heart. This had all the things for me that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids did not have. And and I, I enjoyed myself and I was smiling from ear to ear through most of it. Is it stupid? Yes. Is it implausible? Of course it's implausible. But I, I enjoyed myself and uh, I had a better time watching this than watching Blade Runner. <laughs> oh. Fuck. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with you. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know who you are. You know what? Maybe... Maybe, maybe I'm the replicant. Maybe I have the unicorn daydream. That's... <laughs> maybe, except it's a baby with a unicorn... Uh, what's that thing called? A horn? A horn. Boy, you're really... <laughs> Firing on all cylinders. You know what? When did I meet you? Do I have pants on? (laughs) The answer to the answer to that question is no. Your see your response and your defense of Baby Days Out is more offensive than Jason and I being in the King and I. (laughs) For God's sakes! Now that's a poll quote. Oh Um. God. God. Gentlemen, I maintain. I maintain. I was I was so angry. This movie made me just so angry. Well, I can't I, even, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know that there's anything else to say about it. I think we, I think, I think now we, we're, we have to break up this podcast. I don't <laughs> think we can continue. You guys I mean, don't Kate, trust Kate and I were watching it. Kate was like, watching the screen. She's like, this is a race to the bottom. Every scene, she was like, this is, ju- it's just getting worse and worse by the minute. And I agreed with her. I'm, I'm shocked that you, uh, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm blown away. That you liked it hey. this much, and now we gotta segue. We gotta segue. All right, here's what we've got. We're being bombed. Fed, you're coming up with zeros. Looks like our boys are mystery man. He's no mystery. His name's Ryan Garrity. According to the report, the guy can build bombs out of Bisquid. I've come here to create a new country for you called Chaos, and a new government called Anarchy. All for you. After staging a violent and gory jailbreak, Irish Republican Army agent Ryan Garrity, played by Tommy Lee Jones, makes his way to Boston and begins systematically picking off members of the police bomb squad. The leader of this team, Cliff Hanger, oh, wait, I mean, Jimmy Dove, 
who might as well be called Jimmy McPeacekeeper, played by Jeff Bridges, is set to retire. But the recent spate of bombings lead him to stay on in an attempt to save as many of his men as possible. It isn't long before he discovers the culprit is his old colleague, Garrity, seeking revenge for their shared past. Blown Away fared poorly with critics, with its cast's Irish and Boston accents receiving some of the harshest critiques. The movie also suffered in comparison with another terrorist with a bomb movie, Speed, which was released three weeks prior. The film made $10.4 million in its opening weekend, on its way to a total take of $30.1 million. Fred and Dan, what did you think of Blown Away? Uh... I wasn't blown away by it. It's been great. You've been a wonderful audience. Now the uh yeah, it here's my impression of this movie. That is asking for a Gene Shallot review. This true, I wasn't true. blown away. Or I was true. blown away. Use whichever one. <laughs> well what what did you feel about it? I didn't see it. <laughs> here's my here's my impression of the movie, ready? That's my impression of the movie. Your accents were way better than anything Thank that you. was actually found in the movie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Um, it was good to see Papa Smurf. It was good to see <laughs> it was good to see Lloyd Bridges as Papa Smurf. It was wonderful to see him in action. Uh it was great oh, to God. see really nothing else in the movie. <laughs> really nothing else uh, about it. You had you had people who couldn't do the accents that were required. You had a, a violinist who couldn't play the violin. You had oh. Irish step dancers who couldn't Irish step dance. You had, you had Lloyd Bridges, a wonderful, great American icon, legendary actor who suddenly couldn't act anymore. <laughs> you had Guinness that was not Guinness. If that was fucking Guinness that they were served... I am fucking St. Patrick. He goes, let's have a couple of Guinnesses here. And they get served Coca-Cola. That is not, I'm a Guinness drinker. That is not Guinness. That's when this movie lost me for the 26th time. We need to get Guinness as a sponsor for the podcast. This contest is sponsored by Guinness. Please enjoy Guinness Draft responsibly. Part of the problem with this movie is it keeps tipping its hand. It keeps telling you exactly, exactly what's going to happen two scenes before it's out. Like in that wedding oh scene, you, I, I went, that person's going to die, that person's yep. going to die, and that person's going to die. <laughs> and yeah. then five minutes later, those fucking people died. Kate did too. She was like, they, as soon as they were leaving, she was like, those people are all dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen this before. And I forgot. I was like, had you really? I saw it in the theater. I've seen two of this week's three movies in the theater back Ooh. when back in 94 hmm. uh and this is is one of them yeah i saw well i saw fred i think maybe did you see it with me it? no and the I reason never saw this no. well the reason is because so. uh, because annette and i went to see it because annette is an extra in this movie my ex-girlfriend Yay. annette That's is an right. extra in this movie because she's from a, a, a boston native or just outside of boston and uh and then that's summer in between semesters when they were filming this you know they were filming in Boston, and she she was in it. And then a a very good friend of ours, who yeah. none of us knew at the time that this movie came out, our dear right. friend Bob, who Bob Dan Larkin. and I lived with for years and years, um, 
he's in the movie too and he actually is he's a cameo not a cameo he's a, he's an extra you see he's in the wedding scene and yeah. he oh, he's a all lot over of, it. he's all, he's over, all over the wedding scene he's got a lot of face he's got time. the best boston accent in the movie and he doesn't even he fucking doesn't speak, speak. <laughs> he doesn't say a word and you're like that guy's got a better boston accent I'm he should have been the dialect coach for everybody else yeah i'm sure it drove oh, him crazy God. when he actually watched the movie I can't he must imagine. have been like oh my god Forrest and i didn't was the worst Forrest Whitaker, Forrest I don't even Whitaker know what he was doing. doing. Was he t- was Forrest Whitaker attempting to do a, a boss? Yes, I think he, so. He was attempting to do something. Hey! Keep it down out there. We're trying to concentrate in here. Can you believe these people? I think I prefer the music. What about you guys? I think maybe one of the reasons why I didn't go see it with you guys, Jason, and because I, I remember when I saw the commercial, there was a part of me, and I don't know why, because Tommy Lee Jones is a fantastic actor. He's wonderful. I uh, disagree, but keep going, please. I think I think he's good at what he does. Certain things, okay? he's great. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. But at the time when this movie came out, I remember viscerally feeling, all right, I'm, I've had enough of Tommy Lee Jones. Because he, you know, he sort <laughs> yes. of... There was something about that, like, you know, The Fugitive was like the big thing. And he, yeah. he was, he had you know, just he was won like the a, Oscar like two months ex- before this. Right. Came out. And he was, he was okay. on a roll. And it was one of these mm-hmm. things where, like, he was the it guy. And so he was in all these movies, it seemed like. And when I saw this, I just thought, uh, I'm just fucking tired. Like, sit down, Tommy Lee Jones, which I, I, you know, which is ridiculous. But that's what I felt at the time. So going into it, I watched that first scene and I thought, oh, no, no, no. Okay. He's good. I'm, 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 I'm in. And then, but it's like you said, Dan, it was just, it was just a predictable, and I love Jeff Bridges, usually, you know, it, it was oh, just, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. It, you just it, knew what was going to happen, and it was, the accents take you out of it immediately, and you just think, okay, you know, just, just don't do the accents, just say, just say, fuck it, they can't do it, so just don't do it. Also, the you accents know? are nonsensical, because you find out, spoiler alert, that Jeff Bridges is actually Irish. Exactly. So is mm-hmm. he faking a Boston accent? Once he comes over to right. Boston as a twenty-year-old or whatever, yeah. and then kept... if he is faking, why does he not then go back to his Irish? That's what it I kept waiting. For. No sense. It made yeah. no sense. I figured he, by the time he had like kind of assimilated and had like you know like taken you don't on the accent assimilate at that age. No, he... and you and you wouldn't assimilate from an Irish Madonna. To a Madonna accent. went to England for like two weeks <laughs> and she started speaking a British accent. But a lot bitch, people can she's do a Madonna. Lot of I hadn't quite adjusted to the tabloids. My God, if I were Irish, I would probably be offended. Like when Time of the Jones goes to the flea market, and the and the woman's like, "Oh yeah." And the first other, she's like, "Oh, I have this U two cassette." And I was like, "Seriously?" Oh but yeah. then he plays it. He's listening. Actually, the, the, and then he plays it I, constantly. Oh god! The He's only like, time I was you too. The only time I was moved in that movie was when they were playing With or Without You, and only because I was thinking about how well they use that song in the American season finale. And I was like, oh, God, I missed that show. I wish I was watching that while this was playing. I'm serious. That was the only time I welled up because I was thinking about something else completely. Because you were wishing that you were watching another thing. I was like, oh, this I should be watching the Americans, not the Irishmen who can't speak with an Irish accent. The only scene I remember writing, I was like, I, I kind of liked it, was the scene with, the only one that surprised me, even for a split second, was Forrest Whitaker with the headphones. He puts the headphones on and he hears the click and he knows. Yeah. No, again, I knew it. I knew it was happening. I, I knew it really? once I heard it. I didn't oh, know yeah. when he when he sat down to I, put his headphones as, on. As soon as he walked in, I'm like, hey, something's going to happen Oh, well, bomb. sure. That oh. There's something There's something that's going to be there. But I, I, yeah. I but was But did you think he was going to survive? 
Oh yeah, I figured he would. Um, I figured he would only because he was because they got rid of the first partner, Ruben Santiago Ruben Hudson. Santiago. Mm-hmm. So like they're gonna keep this guy because he was sort of like the cocky badass in the beginning. And there was tension like, between him and Jeff Bridges, yeah. so they have to overcome that or whatever. But I yeah. even though I kind of enjoyed that scene partly, then then when when the other guy from the bomb squad who's helping Jeff Bridges disengage things is like, well, my wife, it's very Julius Caesar. My wife read my horoscope today and it was, uh, you know, it's like oh, uh, Calpurnia oh, saying, yeah, oh, yeah. saying like, please don't go to the Senate today, Caesar. It's like, <laughs> I had this dream. So, so this guy's like, oh yeah, my, my wife uh, read my horoscope and it said to avoid big dogs. And now I'm here working on a woofer. And I was like, well, that's dumb enough. And then that's good when, writing. And then when they're like, well, you should go home. We only need, two sets of hands and Forrest Whitaker who's like immobilized in a chair sees the other set of hands and he's not supposed to move an inch because he'll die well I think he was sacrificing himself he's like why should he's like I'm probably gonna die let's not like I'm gonna die you're probably gonna die dude because you sort of have a death wish anyway um, you get oh well you're giving it a lot of credit if you if you think that was a noble act I I thought it was just I thought it was clear the non- star out of the room so that we can watch like the the daring do of this ridiculous impossible feat occur like having Forrest Whitaker like Maybe, clip his own I don't know. they should have wanted to spare us from that moment instead of spare that oh, guy. And, I, and I you know I watched it and I was like oh that's the best scene here and I was like it still doesn't beat Danny Glover on a toilet I'm too old for this shit and also talk about bad writing like yet again you get a speed style yeah. You know, uh, it's a rip-off of speed style thing with the car where they can't hit the brakes of the car, which is the Although entire plot that, of speed. Yeah, it's not a rip-off but, because but this came, same, out came out before, the same time. around the same time. Oh, like, well, it came well, out three weeks later. And in this fact, was the speed hot, this was, was the racing thing. to beat it to the I box see what you've done there. To, to the, um, <laughs> no, no, no. They were, they, but seriously, speed was like supposed to come out after this and they well listen this must have been the hot in position to this like, must have been the hot thing in pitch yeah. rooms in hollywood then this idea <laughs> no, because because uh, uh uh what they set up is that there's going to be a big bomb at the fourth of july orchestra event yeah, yes that's what gets set up and it seems like they ran out of budget or something and they're like now nah, we'll just put it in her car well that's the thing i was shocked out because i even remember from seeing it, i was like oh yeah these must be there's a huge bomb at the at the event, and that's even that's what, what I remembered up. from seeing it. Mm-hmm. And then, as I was watching, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. she's done with the concert. She left." It's I thought over. it was going to be like in her violin or something. You no, know, all that uh, stuff. Yeah, and then she hits thing. a certain note. That would be yeah. that would be great. <laughs> exactly. Was that a South Park episode? It's you guys, I can do it. Do what? Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Doo-dun, doo-dun, doo-dun. No. Ah! Tommy Lee Jones. Back to that. Tommy Lee um, Jones. He's never been good at anything, and I maintain it. Really? I I, en- I enjoy him for the most part. I think there, there's something, there, like there, there's something a little things. off about him. I and never I granted, saw the thing he was nominated for his second Oscar for, Valley of Elah or something like that. I never saw that. He's supposed to be wonderful that. in that, but I never oh, saw Oh, I never saw that. And granted, I haven't seen him in, in, in much, I guess, but I feel like what he does, he does well. He, he's I liked got him this, in The Fugitive. He's fantastic in The Fugitive, yeah. There's, and I liked him in Men in Black. I thought he was about. great in Men in Black. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. All right. No Country for Old Men. Oh, yes. And I liked him in No. I did like him in No Country for Old. Although I still, I can't get. I, I, I have watched that movie three times. I fall asleep each time. No No Country, country? really? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I know. No, it's funny. People be like, "What are you doing? A movie podcast? You don't like No Country for?" 
I don't know. I enjoyed it. I just fall asleep. It puts me to sleep. <laughs> it's your Blade Runner. It Let's put it that it way. Yeah, yes. I guess In so. a way, it is. It's like, it's like I can I admit this is everybody likes watching this. I get a little yawny. Three um, times falling asleep. Um, uh, yeah, no. Anyway. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones likes to, I think he likes to fancy himself a bit of a comedian and he's not a funny there's your person. problem you've hit the nail on the head. He, yes. he you know he like there's an archness to the, you know like when he plays things kind of straight down the center that's what's great about men in black when he's a man in black, he plays because he's so totally straight, straight in it and right. he doesn't and even know in fact right. people i've i've heard things that where people say like he didn't really like when he he'd be like why is it getting so silly here or whatever like he he kind of wasn't on board with the fact that it was more of a comedy than a science fiction thing and Perfect. that kind of helped they were like yeah. the writers were like that actually helped in a lot of ways because it's great it so sincerely that it was a perfect foil for will smith humans for the most part don't have a clue they don't want one or need one either they're happy they think they have a good bead on things well why, why the big secret people are smart they can handle it the person is smart people are dumb panicky dangerous animals and you know it whenever he kind of thinks it's like his opportunity to be goofy or funny and now oh. this is not a funny movie but between the the crab pantomime when he's got the two crabs in the bag and he's talking and then all his little videos where he's got little costumes and things and puppets but I, it's all you need to know about why he was so insecure about working with Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. Because there's oh, lots yeah. of stories about how he tries to carry in that. <laughs> Ladies, you spoil us. We're of two minds about what to eat first. I hope you made extra. Who the hell are you? Just a friend. But you can call me... The Riddler. Oh, you dare is more like it. How did you find us here? But then if I talked, what would keep you from slaying me, oh segregated one? By the way, that's never going to heal if you don't stop picking. He couldn't compete with him. In every shot of that movie, when the two of them are together, Jim Carrey blows him off the screen. And because it's also like, that's not Tommy Lee Jones's wheelhouse. He should have just played Menace in that and let the makeup on the one side of the face do the do the effect sure. you know what i mean right. and just kind yeah. of just play yeah. a, a straightforward bad guy and let jim carrey try to be the colorful you know comedy bit but he was and on the other on the other side of his face him. he should have played a handsome man which is what two-face <laughs> is i've always said that that's never gonna heal if you don't stop picking i've always said that in my show in dork night i've i used to say they cast the wrong side of the face that's what i said <laughs> i always say they cast the wrong side of the face should we go to the mailbag? Oh, sure, of course. All right, let me just uh, yeah. let me just open it up here. Is the baby okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the baby? What peril was the baby in when that happened? It's not like a fucking helicopter chopping the baby up, and that's hysterical. Oh, how that's cute! So funny. Look at that baby just barely missed being decapitated. Oh. It's really funny, you guys. It's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you wait till next week. I bet you it'll be funny to Sheila. I bet and you, you wait. Oh, I wonder. Till I have children. You just wait. And right, you wait exactly. till I have children. It'll be funny to them too. Sheila says, Baby's Day out. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Just so you know, it's a it's a it's a Thanksgiving tradition in my house for some reason. 
trying to kill babies. Where, where is she? <laughs> where is Sheila's house nowadays? Yeah, where oh, is she? Oh, Sheila. Uh, Sheila is in. Um, Just look at the uh, return address. Well, l- let me flip. The, let me flip the envelope over. And there oh. goes the baby's arm. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn helicopter! Hang on a minute. Wait, Sheila is in Springfield, Illinois. Wow. Oh, she's very close. It's like 45 minutes from here. Yeah, no. It's like 45 minutes from here. Oh, my God. Um, I guess we'll have to see what she's doing in Springfield. (laughs) Well, anyway, she talks about Baby's Day Out for about six or seven paragraphs (laughs) and how much she can't wait. Um, She does say that she saw both Megaforce and The Thing when they came out. And uh, and and she says, Megaforce is one of my my all-time favorites. Uh, I'm sad that you guys didn't like it as much as I did, but uh, you know Barry Bostwick, boy, was I, did I have a thing for him wow. until I saw the thing, and then I had a thing for Wilford Brimley, <laughs> and so for years it was the boss, it was Bostwick and Brimley. I would go back and forth, back and now and it's Matissa, and now it's Matissa. Um, Dan, I'm I'm oh now she's getting into it. Dan, I'm here in Springfield. On quote unquote business, this she's saying awkward. <laughs> this is getting really awkward. How'd she spell business? I, I business business. There's four Z's in it. Maybe <laughs> it's means- buzzness. Maybe it's buzzness because she. I think she is a beekeeper. Um, this is going. <laughs> that would off be the rails. cute. That would be adorable. It would be very cute. I'm sure. Uh, but I, she's. I'm sure beekeepers say that all the time. Buzzness is great. <laughs> I think that's how she's using it. Anyway, she says, uh, so I'm here in the land of Lincoln. And uh, if if you wanted to get together, uh, either either here in Springfield or wherever you are, I'm game. Sincerely, Sheila. What do you guys make of that? I think I think you're gonna get a visit tomorrow. I think you gotta. I think you have a fan for life. I think, I think Sheila's. You got a number one fan. She's I your, she's your Kathy to, Bates. Am I more of a Boswick or a Brimley? You're uh, you're a very a very live and subtle combination of the two. <laughs> just you have just if, a sousson. If Wilford Brimley was wearing like a lycra Mattel made jumpsuit. That would be, there you go. That's that's you right there. That's you right well, there. Well, I think I probably have to move then to another part of the country. Yeah. Well, you better tell your wife about it too. Like just so, just that so, you may be like right. out running an errand and then like she'll show up at the front door and she'll be like, oh, I baked these cardamom pancakes for Dan. <laughs> and Taylor will be like, what the fuck? Who are you? She'll be like, I'm Sheila. I baked some cardamom pancakes. She'd be like, "You did what? You cardamom? You ba- in pancakes? You but you a baked car them? In a pear cake? What? You baked? I, I, I think you got to go with it, Dan. Look, no, I mean, no, no, no. she's our number one fan. Well, she's your number one fan. We got to keep this podcast afloat, baby. She's, and so Sheila's far, doing she's, it. Well, listen, I defy you to reach into that bag and pull out a letter by anybody who's not Sheila. So we need to keep Sheila in the fold. Take okay. it for the team, Dan. Oh, well, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. If Sheila heads to iTunes." Writes a very nice review, gives us five stars. Yeah, I'll think about like having coffee with her with my lovely and beloved wife's permission, of course. 
Okay. All and right. pancakes? Cardamom pancakes with her? Cardamom if pancakes. That, if that's what the moment calls for. Well, Sheila has uh, has uh, moved into the into the shadows, as it were. She's <laughs> she's she's become very shadowy for the hey moment. Oh. But she knows what evil lurks in the heart of, of Dan. Dan. <laughs> of Dan. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped you there, Jason. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, well, uh, yes. Let's please, God. Let's move on to the shadow. Who knows what mysteries wait in the darkness? Who knows what power lies beneath the mind? <laughs> Someone's coming. Who knows what terrors prowl in the underworld? The Shadow Knows. An ancient evil returns. Oh my god. And the only hope is... Lamont Cranston. There is one face he shows the world, and the other he hides in shadow. I do what I do to fight back the evil inside me, but some part of it is still there. In 1930s New York City, wealthy playboy Lamont Cranston, which should only be the name of an actor who says things like, Yes? Can I help you? In a Marx Brothers movie, secretly operates as the vigilante superhero The Shadow, a reformed criminal who terrorizes the city's underworld along with a wide network of agents recruited from those whose lives he has saved. With the aid of Penelope Ann Miller and a large, unconvincing, unappealing, and unexplained prosthetic nose, Cranston, played by Alec Baldwin, sets out to bring the evil Shiwan Khan, a descendant of Genghis Khan, played by John Lone, to justice. The movie earned $11.7 million in its opening weekend on its way to a domestic take of $32 million and a total worldwide box office of $48 million. Fred and Dan, what did you think of Batman plus Dick Tracy divided by We Couldn't Get the Rights to Anyone You've Heard Of, a.k.a. The Shadow? Wow. <laughs> um, yes? Can I help you? <laughs> I'm Lamont Cranston. This was a movie that I sort of, I, I don't want to say I watched it, I didn't watch it twice. I didn't see it when it first came out. Um, That's but a I great did, thing. I, watch I know, me once, shame on you. Watch because me twice. It, the movie, it confused me. And so I went back and I, I watched <clears throat> A lot of it again, and I and I and I appreciated it a lot more the second time because oh, it seemed wow. like it was a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be. Ding ding ding! And, Bingo! And and it it it, it 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 almost in the same sense that Megaforce, like I, I was saying last week, that no, no no like when I first started to watch it, I was like, oh, this is a really serious movie. This is like a Delta Force type thing, and then you're like, oh no, this is. This is a wacky comedy, really. It, the same thing, when I went into it, starting to watch it, I thought that they were trying to do like a really gritty Batman-type thing. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, I thought, oh, no, 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 this, this is silly. And they're really just playing up that... Because in the beginning, I thought, Jesus Christ, Alec Baldwin is terrible. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> oh, no, 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 they're playing up the 1930s aspect of it, and and they're, they're playing it, you know, with tongue firmly in cheek. Mm-hmm. And but I thought at times they did that really well, and then at times they sort of forgot. As it went on, they got better at it. But so when I when I finished watching it, my initial response was ah, I don't know. And then I thought, let me 
I started to do some research on the movie and I was reading some stuff about it. I thought, let me give this another try. Hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, I know what they're trying to do and it works at times, but they just didn't go, they didn't go full force with it. And I started to think like they, back in 90, in the 90s, there weren't that many self-referential sort of winky comedies going on. I don't know. Maybe there were. Um, so maybe this was, no. maybe the, 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 they were afraid to go mm. full out with something like like that. Um, it's also, it was also hard too because now, and it's a similar thing that I have with John Hamm. Like Alec Baldwin for a long time was, he was playing like these, these great supporting roles. He's serious, sort of like the assholes in a lot of movies and like she's having a baby, um, and Glenn mm. Gary, Glenn Ross. And, but then once you does 30 Rock, like you almost cannot I have a hard time seeing him play serious roles he's so funny he's so yes. adept at parodying these types of men these types yeah. of alpha men that you can't help but think he's parodying right the thing I, he's in why are you wearing a tux it's after six what am I a farmer I thought the best single scene in the movie is it's one of the scenes between Alec Baldwin and uh, Penelope Ann Miller. It's I think it's when she's changing and they have a yeah. little bit of sort of they sort of almost like old time screwball comedy banter. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it could be from like it happened one night or one of those old timey movies. You know what I yeah. mean? And, yeah. and and that's really a well-written scene. So well-written that you feel like it's written by somebody else. <laughs> like well, it do absolutely doesn't belong in this movie. But had that been the style of the entire movie, yes. that would have been super, super fun fun good morning good morning oh god i dreamed so did i what did you dream i was lying naked on the beach in the south seas and the tide was coming up over my toes it was wonderful What was yours? I dreamed I tore all the skin off my face and was somebody else underneath. You have problems. I'm aware of that. The writer, <laughs> David Koepp, who wrote Jurassic Park and Spider-Man yeah. and a lot, a lot of big things. He, wow. he does say, I think when he first, when he initially wrote the script, I think he was coming at it from a much more kind of serious angle and he you thought you know the, the the idea of the uh understanding what um evil lurks in the hearts of men like the tagline for the shadow that the way to make that interesting for him was for alec baldwin's character to have had darkness and had things in his past yeah. and things he was grappling with and he you was never coming at it from it. that kind of you see it in you a ridiculous flashback when he's on a horse dressed like genghis khan yeah, you, yeah. You, exactly but that's i think that's because it's a, the whole movie's a hodgepodge and i think that doesn't i i don't think i don't blame any one person i think the director mishandled it. i think the script pro as my point was he was saying that he was on set a lot and he would rewrite based on Alec Baldwin's sense of humor and his playfulness. So, like, I think a lot of the, what humor is in there and, like, kind of, you know, that kind of twinkle in the eye thing that, you know, uh, that is in some of those bantery scenes, whether it's with him and John Lone or him and Penelope Ann Miller, kind of maybe came more from rewrites than from anything else. But it really does well, feel like a pastiche punch. of, yeah, it's everything. I mean, it's like, it wants to have some of Batman, but it does want to. Be, but it feels like Dick Tracy. But it also is 
what is it feels like big trouble in little china and it feels like uh-huh. i mean it's just it's just <laughs> every and raiders and every kind of like because it takes place in the 30s it wants sure. it wants the mysticism yeah. it wants the underworld it wants all the it's just a but that's it's just but a lot of achieve, shit in a it, it doesn't succeed on any of those levels no. it, but if it, it wants, played no, that I agree. up if they it's played not. it up as because they they obviously wanted to get that pulp thing you know and and go back to the radio you know because i was doing you know obviously i knew about the shadow but i did back and i went back and did some research on it and so it it seemed like they maybe wanted to go to, you know, to its roots, you know, as, as you know, the radio show, but it just, they didn't go far enough to, to play around with it, with, with the pulpy roots behind it. And yeah, I, that's what Dick just, Tracy does so well for whatever Dick Tracy's yeah. faults are about being kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of a thin enterprise. It is the two dimensional. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I but it is like really leaning into Tracy. a specific style. I'm looking for generals. What do I got? Foot soldiers! I want Dick Tracy dead! What are the Shadow's powers? What are his powers? He clouds uh, men's he, he minds. He clouds the minds of Yen. Okay, can, can don't give me do that things. bullshit answer because that's the movie's answer to that question. What are his actual powers? Superman can fly. He can shoot fucking uh, red fucking heat rays. He's yeah. got cold breath and he's super strong. There's a list of powers. Yeah. What are the fucking shadows' powers? He, Nothing. No, he can't is, do anything. He has a Jedi he, mind trick. He's the Je- It's the, literally right, isn't that? But what he doesn't does? work very well because he ends up. They they throw daggers at him. He gets stabbed when he's invisible. Tim Curry, who's gives his performance is, is almost as good he's, as Joe Montana's in Baby's Day Out. Oh, Jesus I, Christmas! I mean, Can the shadow shape shift or not shape shift? I, not not this shadow. I think I he think actually he can't shapeshift. I think he makes you think that he's shapeshifting. I think he makes you think he's evaporating and then appear. You know, it's like, I don't yeah, see you now. that's the whole thing, because he, that's, but how, we that's see how the buildings as, appear. Right, but we see it as him what? evaporating into clouds and things like that. The right? building that is at the end, he's, and they say that, oh, he's, he's hypnotized the entire city, that they can't see it. That's what those powers give you that you can alter, you know, you can. John Lone has the same powers. I think he and, and I think Alec Baldwin so, yeah. have the same powers. They were both... It's very Doctor Strangey to me, like that they go in, in yes. you know, this this mystical, like you learn these ways of of uh, of manipulating time and space and, 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 and uh, people. Which we uh, do not see. We don't see a no, moment of him actually no. learning those skills. No, the yeah, training no. is that they, they explain it, it. It cuts to black and then it explains it real quick in a scroll, which again, that maybe, was weird. Uh, and oh, yeah. again, looking so back bizarre. at it, I'm like, maybe they were just trying to, that's what would happen in a 1930s movie. You know, they would, I, I but don't it know. Doesn't not, work. It, it doesn't, doesn't work. It's not good no. storytelling. You can't follow what's happening. Here's another question. It's the 1930s. But but Kenny G is playing in the nightclub scene. <laughs> is Did that really him? That? Is that yeah, him? It was a Kenny G song. I was like, what the fuck is this? But he's yeah. not in the scene, is he? Or no, is he? no, 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 no. The okay, best you, part ta- of the- you talk about the incongruity of having Prince music in Batman, where at least then yeah. you don't even know exactly what year it's supposed to be. Here it's I, like very clearly it's, it's 1937 and I, there's Kenny G. I kept thinking like, I wish this was more like a Johnny Dangerously. You know, where they just it, went full out, you know. It kind of, like, it looks it, right? It, it had that has, feel it, to it, it. yeah. To it. Yeah, and then it would have been a spoof. How about how about this uh, supporting cast? Ian goddamn McKellen. I know. Wasted, McKellen, completely wasted. Who does barely anything. Ian McKellen playing John Hurt, playing <laughs> playing the yes. crazy scientist. That's the kind of role John Hurt's done 47 times. Yeah, um, yeah. they probably can get John Jonathan Winters. 
Jonathan Winters yeah. wonderful in his like two little moments. Peter Boyle, Peter, Peter Boyle, two Boyle little scenes. playing it, playing a taxi driver. I thought that was fun. I was Hello. like, oh look at that! It's it's the look wizard. Yeah, the wizard. Wizard. Yeah. Tim Curry. Uh, who else? All these. Oh, freaking Andre Gregory. We mentioned my dinner with Andre oh, the right. other day. Andre Gregory is the guy who receives the the mail. Basically, yeah, he's mm-hmm. the guy who gets oh, the mail. The gets that the that oh. scene, that to me was the best part of it. I loved. I, I actually fun. really enjoyed the stuff where you saw like the underground network that the shadow had. They that don't do anything. Fun. They do nothing. They achieve and accomplish nothing. No, they, but I they the cart him around was, in a taxi. But, but, right, but That's the style of it I thought was fun, and I thought, man, that that to me was more interesting to know, like 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 a, this this league, this underground league of shadows <laughs> that mm-hmm. um that, that would have been cool. Um, would have been, been cool, but they don't do they anything. Do it, Sab no. Shimono helps him out for five minutes, and he's great. I like how yes. I like how Genghis Khan. Is taking cabs everywhere, like constantly. Yeah. Like Genghis Khan is the only one, and he's constantly getting out of yellow cabs. And it's that's like, totally fun. It's, I it's wanted like, to okay, see a scene where he's got to hail the cab, talk to the cabbie, <laughs> say no, no, go make a right here. That would have been funny. He also is walking around in that outfit, and he's got doesn't he have henchmen? And some he he's got those like suits of armor, and nobody like nobody bats an eye. Uh, we're closed. Join me. Or die. You know, Penelope Ann Miller, right? I was watching and I was like, I was like, God, she was so I've always wondered what the deal is with her, that she was so big. She wore I've always thought she about this. She wore Brando, De Niro, and Pacino. Yeah, she, she worked with, with, she worked with Brando and De Niro in the same year. She was in she was in uh, Awakenings, uh, Awakenings. And the Graduate. Uh, Awakenings, uh, the freshman, and, the freshman, not the graduate, and, the graduate. and then she was, the, and she was the female lead in Kindergarten Cop, all in one That's year right. in 1990, yep. 93. She does Carlito's way. She had an affair with Pacino, <gasps> and she was very vocal about it, like <gasps> everywhere. And he was in a relationship, and huh. she would go and she would be on the red carpet, and she'd be talking about their relation, like it was like the really? worst kept secret in Hollywood. And apparently, Pacino was not happy about it, and. There's a, you know, I mean, there's not. Please don't don't sue me, anybody. But uh, but the 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 rumor is the theory is that like, you he know, it was like Hollywood. don't don't piss off Al Pacino. I want Tracy dead. I have this theory about Baldwin, which is you know he's like this, you know, super handsome leading man guy, and it's so great now that he's kind of aged into a character mm-hmm. actor. Because that's what he is at heart, and that's the you know he he is so smart and so funny. He's so funny. I think he was smart enough to see that this thing around him was was not going to be Batman. It was not going to be you know was not going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was not going to be his um you know mm-hmm. his his big his his, his ticket baby's day his out. ticket. <laughs> it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be his ticket to uh, it's uh, like, action movie. Montana, you got that one. I'll, I'll just do this. <laughs> I think. Well, I do. I think. I think there's something about it where he knew like there's something about him. I think he is the kind of guy. He's the kind of actor. He has the kind of intelligence to maybe see like all right, this is going to be whatever it's going to be. So I'm going to have fun. And I think he. I don't think he's not capable of playing like a balls to the wall action guy or to like committing to like a Batman type character. I Mm. I think he absolutely can. I I think he has it in him. I think he could tell that what was happening around him, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I could, I, I, you know what I mean? Like where you're saving face in a way by winking a little at the, 
at the camera at the proceedings. Yeah, I, and I think I just, that's what the writer was then rewriting for. I wish that I just I wish that was more consistent throughout the movie. Ooh, sure. I think I would have been able to forgive it more. I think well, you can that would have be, uh, both. You know, I think you can have both in the way that Tim Burton's Batman has both, but you have to do it very, very, um, you know, carefully, and you have to do it with 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 uh, with a sense of um, what's seriously. Uh, going on inside the character because if this is sort of a dark exploration of his soul uh in the way that you know you you get from seeing the flashbacks in batman of the parents being killed and his his obsession with finding the guy who did it and why and how he you know you don't get as much of a story as you do in batman begins because that's the whole story but uh you know you have to commit to both things and it was almost like neither thing was committed to uh, mm-hmm. in, in this movie and so neither thing that the movie thought that it wanted to be worked the shadow knows. <laughs> well, um, the phone is there's only one of the lights on the uh, on the switchboard is lighting up, um, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm going to go ahead and take the call if that's okay. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. You, you didn't have Why to not? tell everybody that there only we only had one call. Well, nice listen, I don't, I you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give a false impression and and you know get, make make people think that. That, uh, you know, like in past weeks, like, you know, that we're just people are clamoring. There's only this one call today. Anyway. All right. Okay. Uh, yes, you're on the air. Hi, welcome to the opening week weekend uh, podcast. Go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, this is Adam. A- Adam. Hi. Yes, Adam Wharton. Adam who? Adam Wharton. Adam Wharton. Thanks for calling, Adam. What's up? What can we oh, do for no. you? Oh no! Oh no! 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 Hang up. You don't know. You don't know who I am. No, I do know who you are. Fred. It's one of the two goddamn babies. Oh Jesus fuck. Christ! Um, uh, we we have to go. We I have to use what? the bathroom. Shut the fuck up. Do you know how hard I w- I researched. I'm a Stanislavskian method actor. Okay. I, I did my research. I did baby. I did six months of emotional preparation for that role. I learned everything about construction sites. Wow, my God. I was always the baby, even when the cameras were not rolling, okay? The director would say cut, and I would say, wah, wah, goo, goo. Because I was always the ba- I'm never not the baby when I'm on set, okay? That's how hard I'm, I work. I'm now so... I know- I, I apologize. I'm sorry. And, and the, the, I mean, the the work shows. The work shows. Uh, we you're damn right. It shows. No, I, we weren't fans of the overall movie. But your your performance, like Dan was saying, you know, you you do commit to it. Um, may I ask? I I know you split the role with your brother. Hi. Hi. Oh, is this is this, this is Joseph? Jo- oh, you this used to Joseph you used to work. go by the name Jacob. <laughs> I go by I go by Joseph now. My name was Jacob Joseph, and then I went by Joseph. I I didn't like the I, Jacob. You're confusing the people. I'm not, I'm not confusing. You're you're being belligerent to them. Let me just let me on the phone. Fine, Mom fine. Wants- go ahead, go ahead, Jacob Joseph. Hi, hi, Jacob Joseph. Did you hi. did you? What was your experience working on the movie? I liked it. <laughs> 
What was your favorite part about being in baby, the baby in Baby's Day Out? There was food. They had food. See, this fucker is not serious. He's not serious about the craft. I was serious. I was serious about the craft services. <laughs> <laughs> now he's serious about craft macaroni and cheese. This fucking guy's 450 pounds. Look, you like it too. What did you yes. have? I, did, I take my plate, and when I'm done, I scrape the leavings. On Adam's plate. And he says, oh, man. He hits me. And then he says, oh, man. Why did you fudge up my plate? And I say, I was just messing with you. Yeah. If you play, Are you if, guys if, still if, in if, the business? Are you still acting? Are yes, still we're still doing in the game business. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boy, I'm, in the, I'm in the buzzness. I'm a professional <laughs> beekeeper now. <laughs> Have you... I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. I'm crying. I feel so upset. Have you met Sheila, Jacob, Joseph? Do you know Sheila? Sheila's tops. She's tops in the business. You know Sheila. Mm -hmm. Oh, he he knows Sheila. Believe me. Adam, stop it. No, you stop it. Adam, Adam. what have you been doing? I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt the, the bickering, but I am curious as to what you guys are doing now. So, Adam, you're still you're still working in the business. I am self employed. Okay. I am mm-hmm. what you call. I am one of the army of freelancers oh. that mm-hmm. that secretly run this country. Mm. I oh, do. Okay. I army do of lo- freeloaders, mom would say. Oh. Uh, who pays the rent, Jacob Joseph? Who pays uh, the rent? We share. I put in. Share pays the rent. I don't think so. Sunny, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Do beekeepers make a lot of money, Jacob Joseph? I'm sorry. I, I chuckled at my own joke there. I made a share no, a joke. Good, it, was it was pretty good. funny. Thank um, you, yeah, Jacob Joseph. Yeah, I do all right. You're welcome, Adam Robert. Have you played um, other baby roles? Um, I I mean, I you know, as a baby? No, I <laughs> stopped after that one. Okay. He got I, into I, the I, beekeeping. He got into the beekeeping buzz. Yeah, but I do sometimes wear a diaper and I do... Um, oh, for God's sake. I do adult baby... Um, I do... There is... Um, like fetish parties? Yeah. Oh, thing. for yes, God. You, part, oh. There are parties where they want the baby from baby's day out. You don't and, sound pleased and, with that, Adam. And won't do it. And so I... Of do. course I won't do it. I mean, I've done it. I mean, I would do it again, but I won't do it. He won't... Do, he... You know what? I won't happens? do it with Jacob. No, yeah. Sometimes they want us to tag team and wrestle and that's not kiss, happening. And I won't. That's I, not happening anymore. That's not happening three times. Any, well, there was that time that three three of them. Well, yeah. listen, I I I, I want to I, I not wanna the same. Apologize thing. for upsetting you guys about. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was movie. okay. I agree. <laughs> the movie was flawed. Then Adam, please accept my apologies again. I thought you did wonderful work. Uh, I just thought, like your brother, I thought the movie was a bit flawed. I think Jason and Dan agreed with me there. Thank you guys for calling in. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Good. Thank you. Thanks. Sure. Buzz, Jacob, buzz, Jacob, hang buzz, up the phone. Fu- hang buzz, up the phone. Fu- Jacob, hang buzz, up the phone. Fu- I'm a bee. I'm a. Wow, they're gone. I can't believe that. That was amazing. Wow. That was amazing. Yeah, but you know what? That that's what's gonna sometimes it's gonna happen. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about movies and we're talking about actors. Some people are gonna love it. Some people are gonna be disappointed. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm amazed sorry, that they can hear us recording the podcast before it's even released. 
I know. I was. They, they they were very. They're special babies. It's like you said, Dan. They really they're special are. Special babies. They really really are <laughs> special. Know. Thank you, Adam and Jacob Wharton. Next week on uh, <laughs> opening weekend, we are we are traveling back to the year 1990 with a uh, a pair of um, very high profile releases. Ghost, starring Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, and Whoopi Goldberg, and Quick Change, starring Bill Murray and Gina Davis. And is that also Randy Quaid? Randy oh, Quaid. Yes. Randy Quaid. Oh, yes. Before he went batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he'll call in. Um, and then uh, and then in two weeks, we are looking at uh, Die Hard and A Fish Called Wanda. And then in three weeks' time, we are devoting an entire episode to 1980 and the movie Caddyshack. Yay. And we're going to have a very special guest. Fred, can you tell us a little bit of our That's guest? Right. We're going to have a special guest. We're going to have the man who threw the baby Ruth in the pool himself. <laughs> Mr. Peter Burkrout's going to be joining us, who played the role of Angie. So we're very excited about very, that. Very we're going to excited. take a deep dive Angie, into the bushwood. And he also had that fantastic scene with uh, with Bill Murray, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, the Dalai Lama scene. Going to the long Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Anyway, so Dan, uh, do you have anything for us this week on the uh, the manualist front? We never call it by its correct name, You're, right? Is it manualist? Manualism. manualism. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Ma- it's a hard week with these three movies. Like Manualism Lewis on Webster? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's your he new name. On there. Manualism <laughs> Lewis is a character you will play when you come to do this. Uh, I love I, I I adopt that uh, with great pride. Um, Just like John Papadopoulos adopted <laughs> Manuel Lewis. Is that his name? John Papadopoulos? George, George, George and Ma'am. George is very good. Ma'am. Alex Karras. Yeah. The great Alex Jack. All right, let me prepare. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, in honor of the best movie of this week, clearly, mm. Baby's Day Out, possibly the best movie we've, re- we've reviewed so far, Baby's Day Out, <laughs> um, we'll do a little, how about a little Hit Me Baby one more time? How about a little oh, of that? That's what Joe Montagna said. Apropos. That's what he said re- in, in reference to his... Cajonis. All right, here we go. Ready? This flaming junk. That's right. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. Good resonance tonight. That was good, yeah. And that was just, and that was a nice little wet tail. (laughs) If that had played, is that what that was? Over the closing credits (laughs) of Baby's Day Out, that would have been the best thing about Baby's Day Out. Easily, it's still the the fact that it was inspired by Baby's Day Out makes it the best thing ever. It sounds like what was coming that the the baby was letting that out of his ass every time he almost got hit by a truck or Joe Montana's. Swinging schwanz. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you next week, everybody. The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa with help from Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening.